0: Welcome to Masters of Divinity. I am your moderator JP, and I am here with Father Chuck. Hey, uh, we got a we got a great episode lined up this week because we once again have brought in another guest.
1: Yes, we love we love guests on the show. Yeah, would you like to introduce our, our our guest this week? Our guest this week is Maylin
0: O'Malley. Say hello, Maylin. Hello. Hi, Malin.
2: Uh, is that, uh, hi.
0: <laughs> this is our first time ever meeting, which is which is interesting. Because yeah. last, time, last time I met someone over our podcast was uh, Father Fun. All right, and I, And now he's Father a very good friend Fun, of Fun, That
2: sounds like a good time.
0: <laughs> he, oh, uh, he is. Chuck, how do you know Malin? Malin, how do you guys know each other?
2: Father Charles, fa- Fafa is what I want to call him. And you can and call me
0: Fafa, yes. Fafa? Yeah. That's yeah. a new one.
2: Yeah. Fafa fa cha cha because um so he used to be the priest of my church but then he left because he hated us so much <laughs> and but we was yeah
0: untrue untrue
2: <laughs> but yeah i he let me dye his hair pink so that was cool
0: i remember that that was you
2: yeah it was, was me her. and my other oh, friend was, maddie yep that was great
0: it was a I good time that. yeah the
1: uh, uh, so for the listeners wondering what we're talking about here um Maylin, when I was when I was the uh, when I was the, the associate priest at, at, at our previous church and was working with their youth group, I had made a deal with the youth group that whoever brought the most visitors in a calendar year could decide what color my hair would be for the mission trip. And Maylin and Maddie t- uh, tied, and so they mutually agreed on pink. But Maylin was very very insistent that I also dye my beard rainbow colored.
0: I remember that. Heck yeah.
1: I I vetoed that decision very quickly, but you have to admit, Maylin, I did go all the way with the pink hair. Yeah,
2: yeah, you really did. You you bleached everything.
1: <laughs> yeah. You're, just, you're such a good sport, Chuck. Hey, you know it, and it's really for people like Maylin. That's why I would do that. I wouldn't do it for anyone else. Oh my
2: goodness! Thanks, Dad. Well, that's,
1: oh, that's you're great. welcome. But Maylin, um, so Maylin is um, also you are. are, are Are you a freshman or a sophomore this year?
2: I am a freshman. She
1: is a freshman at what school?
2: Maryland Institute College of Art.
1: All right. So you're up there in the great cold north. Oh,
2: my God. In the mid-Atlantic. It feels like the tundra up here because I'm from Florida, and anything below 60 degrees is below freezing temperature. Oh, gosh. Uh,
0: Yeah, I agree. I'm in Oklahoma, and it is also cold here. Okay. Not quite the tundra that Maryland is, I'm sure, but it, it's still pretty cold. Yeah, I have to wear boots, so I got my UGGs. Don't judge me for my UGGs. Hey, yeah. hey man! I wore I got I
1: got judged for wearing UGGs in seminary. I I tucked my I tucked my uh, my pants into my UGGs.
0: Oh, so we're we can That's be right. UGG Bros. That's
1: right, bro. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, uh, Maylin is 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 our guest, but she is also filling in for uh, uh, Matt, who is still missing.
1: That's right. we've 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 put his picture on milk cartons um, and oh, gosh, um, and the kidnapper um, refuses to return our calls for the ransom. So,
0: um, oh
2: my goodness,
0: can i can I share something funny? Sure. Um, I actually spoke to Matt uh, a couple hours ago. Oh. Uh, he called me. and uh, he was actually um thinking about showing up tonight, Oh, really? so sort of like a surprise because, uh, because it was the end of the week, and they, I guess they were let, they were letting them go home early. Okay. Uh, on that day, on t- today, it's always nice when the yeah. kidnappers let you go early. <laughs> the reason why they kind of let them go home early today is because today was pepper spray day. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so Matt got pepper Matt, sprayed. Uh... Matt got maced today. <laughs>
2: Uh, I'm lost. What, is, what who is Matt and what does he want from Matt my...
0: is uh Matt is our co-host and uh he has been absent for the past few weeks because uh he has started uh the police academy. Oh. He's uh going to be a police officer and today was the day where they uh play with mace and they sprayed him in the face with pepper spray.
2: Honestly sounds like a normal Friday evening for me.
0: <laughs> so he's not gonna make it tonight. Um yeah, they said they had to, like, spray him ear to ear with it, and he had to, like, run an obstacle course or something. Ah! <laughs> oh, my gosh. And mm-hmm. he called me when he got home, and he's like, I haven't taken a shower yet, but they tell me when you take a shower, it gets worse. So. Yikes. Oh, man.
2: Zoik Scoob.
0: So, uh, sorry to hear, Matt, that you were uh, sprayed with pepper spray in the face today. Um, yeah, dude, it's it's always something with you. <laughs> <laughs> it's not your hands; you're getting maced in the face. Yeah, but we have a great episode lined up for everybody today. Uh, Malin, you are studying at where again? If you want, Malin
2: Institute College of Art in Ballermore.
0: And you are studying
2: animation.
0: That is awesome, and that is what today's episode is about: is animation, as well as well some other stuff. So Maylin, yes. I'm in, inter- I'm, I'm very interested that you're studying animation. May I ask you, um how did you what what drew you to animation? Ah, uh, ah.
2: Wow, well, this is a great podcast. No, I'm just kidding um, so <laughs> I, When I was little, I liked watching cartoons like most people do, uh-huh. but and my mom was like, "Cool and then I got older and I was still watching cartoons and my mom was like you should try something for real and I'm like no so (laughs) I I it just it wasn't like a phase and um I went to an arts middle school and an arts high school and um in the classes they'd be like you should draw more from real life or take up painting and try and like get away from this kind of cartoon stuff because it's childish, and I'm like, oh, man.
0: They really said that? Um,
2: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, Which, I guess, does help, especially if you, like, want to get into cartoons. It's good to learn to draw from life, but, like, I just don't want to, you know, like, just in general, I don't want to do anything. But, um, (laughs) it's...
0: I don't want to do anything either. Yeah, just in
2: general, I just kind of want (laughs) to sleep. But, um... Yeah, so then my high school teacher was like what do you want to do when you grow up i'm like bro i don't know and she was like well you're really into cartoons so why don't you do that and i'm like do what because you know i just thought cartoons were real people you know but uh yeah so she was like do that and i was like ah so now (laughs) now i'm doing it
0: well that's cool there's this was an art teacher of yours or was uh
2: yeah it was uh miss gifford my art teacher at dreyfus
0: oh way to go miss gifford oh you went to dreyfus yeah cool Uh, i used to see you kids all the time at barnes and noble reading manga oh (laughs) god why you gotta drag me like this (laughs) um
1: yeah we had to to step over them when we were reading our copy of blankets (laughs) Yeah. what is
2: blankets
1: it's a graphic Uh, novel by craig thompson we talked about it in the
0: last episode Oh, yeah. Okay, not not a fan of the show. I see, not. Uh...
2: Oh, yeah, that was god oh.
0: <laughs> It's okay. It's all right. You should read it, Melan. It's very good. I think you would like it. It's. it's I thought a, you were talking
2: a... about Michael Jackson's son.
0: Oh no,
1: <laughs> blanket.
0: Uh, well, uh, I'm sure he'll he'll draw a graphic novel one day. <laughs> um. So what what were some of your um, what were some of your favorite shows or, or movies in terms of like, animation? Uh, when you were growing up, like what what kind of inspired you?
2: Um. Well, one of my favorite animated movies to this day is um, Coraline.
0: It's, oh, um, that's a good one.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a stop motion animation, and it's so good, and I love it so much. Laika yeah. is the studio, and they've been coming out with really good movies lately. Yeah, and it makes me, it makes my. P boil because like there's such a good um company and none of their movies are doing well which stinks because like the content they're coming up with oh
0: yeah whew, did you so did good. you see uh uh what was it what was the what kubo and the two and then the, the two strings that... i
2: never had time
1: <laughs> 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 but oh
2: my god she just ripped out of her that scene <laughs> it was really good. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm buying the
1: I'm gonna buy the DVD though. And I'm gonna watch it forever. Well, did did the, the, I would say I saw Coraline um years ago, um on a date actually. Um and nice. that, that I that movie is pretty I mean it it's creepy. It's a creepy movie.
0: It is it is creepy. Yeah. The-
1: um but very meticulous. And one of the things that I I just became fascinated by years later was all of the clothes in in it that the that the that the that the puppets wear are like mm-hmm. hand knit
0: yep.
1: using using like um, sewing needles or or nails yep. like these teeny tiny microscopic knitting work right. that was mm-hmm. done for like all the socks and the gloves stuff that you barely see in the movie um, mm-hmm. it yeah. just amazes me that kind of detail going into something just that that will always fascinate me
2: mm mm-hmm. mhm
0: it's uh, it's a great movie. I, I haven't watched it in a while, but I the the one scene that that sticks out to me, like to this day, when, like whenever I think of Coraline, or everyone's brought up, is the one where she kind of meets like like her alternate parents, and they have like buttons for eyes. Mm-hmm. That's a really creepy scene.
2: Yeah, it's <laughs> it's really it's it's so good, and it makes me angry when people mistake it for um, what the heck is his name? Tim the Burton? Johnny Demp's father. What's his name? Tim Burton. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny's so, like, father.
0: Yeah, I don't. I'm you know what? Dead. Oh my gosh! What if that's true, Chuck? Like I never put that together. Like what Daddy, if that's his dad? It is dad. true. <laughs>
1: it's
2: for real, one hundred percent. I learned this from the facts.
1: Did but, you know? Um... Did you know that Tim Burton used? to... By the way, this blew my mind. Um, Kane and I were recently watching um, a documentary on Disney animation, um, particularly. We watched the uh, the one that you told us to watch.
0: Waking Sleeping Beauty. Waking
1: Sleeping Beauty. We watched that, and I, I didn't realize that until I watched that that that, that Tim Burton was an animator for Disney.
0: Oh, yeah, dude. I
1: did not know that.
0: What, what, yeah, he he, made, he actually made some cool stuff while I was with him. Uh, that short, uh, Vincent.
1: Yeah, I've seen Vince. I mean, I knew, I've i seen those things. It just never dawned on me that he actually worked for Disney. Like, I just thought, like, Disney yeah. just sort of, like, distributed these shorts he made. I didn't realize he actually was, like, a Disney animator. Yeah, he hated it there. I'm sure.
2: <laughs> he hates animation in general, doing it.
0: Yeah. Makes sense. The
2: animator, the one of the the director animator for Coraline, Henry Selick, was actually um, a main animator on The Nightmare Before Christmas as well.
0: Another movie I like. Uh, so um, Coraline, the big inspiration. Were there any, anything else you're going up with? Um, any shows um, or
2: shows? I liked Gravity Falls. That's pretty recent. Uh, there was a show called Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends.
0: Okay. And
2: Powerpuff Girls. Both might have made by the same person, by the way.
0: Yeah, I'm but, familiar with Powerpuff Girls. Oh down, yeah, down, down, down with the PPG.
2: They lit. Actually, we've been watching a bunch of them here because my friend have my friend has Hulu, so we've been just binge watching the original, the original show. Yeah, because
1: um, the reboot any... is terrible. Yeah, were, were they there have a any... reboot? Hold on, I didn't know they have a reboot.
2: Yeah, and it's so bad, and it makes me <laughs> so mad. Because it's just it just does it's just it's just a terrible thing to exist, you know. Are the
0: original people involved or?
2: Well, Craig Craig McCracken, who's the original um, creator of the Powerpuff Girls, was asked to be on the team, but he is currently um, involved in a show on Disney, and his contract wouldn't let him go on the team. Mm-hmm. So of course, it's terrible. It's it, there's yeah. so many animation errors. I'm pretty sure they don't pay their animators, and really? it's just. It's not good. It's not wholesome.
1: I mean, that's yeah. really a shame because, I mean, the thing about – when I think about Powerpuff Girls, I remember – JP and I, by the way, Maylin, um, oftentimes before or after we record these episodes, we'll get, like, caught up talking about, like, the golden age of Cartoon Network when we were kids. And, uh, yes. And there was this um, – there was a show on Cartoon Network when I was little called Cartoon Cartoon which was a showcase of all this animation. And that's where Powerpuff Girls, like Johnny Bravo, Dexter's Lab and Powerpuff Girls all started as shorts on Cartoon Cartoon. And, really? Yeah. And and I remember like around that time was when I was kind of getting into, um, I was kind of expressing an interest in anime because also I'm, Oddly into Japanese culture, which is a recurring yeah, your the <laughs> see, see? So I was watching this you know lots wonderful. of speed. I was watching lots of speed racer and stuff. And so when I saw the previews for Powerpuff Girls, it was like I was like I want to watch that. And it was like every time that the episode of Cartoon Cartoon aired with the Powerpuff Girls happened to be like at a time when I like missed it. Like I would catch like the last second of it or something. And I was it was like for like, like this white whale of mine. And I remember when I finally My got gosh. to watch it, I was, like, really impressed. And then I was really excited when they started the show. And I watched the show I, for a while when I was a kid. Why don't you just why don't you DVR oh. it, when it, JP, this was before DVRs. <laughs> what? Yes. What? This was
0: when we no. were in high school, man, middle school. What are you talking about? Dude, I'm, Yo, I'm like, 20. What
2: the heck is a DVR? <laughs> are
0: there other genres of, of animation that you were kind of growing up with that was sort of also kind of inspiring you? Um, you know, like, well, anime or anything like that?
2: <sighs> you just want me to say that I love anime. Well, okay, well, <laughs> anime, it's not, like, I know it has, like, a bad rap. And, of course, Doesn't, there are... No. What? Well, okay. <laughs> Here, it does have a bad rap. Because anime is kind of the... Um, usually, kids, when they start drawing, they usually copy, um, you know, art that they see, like, online or on TV. Okay. Of course, I... I had I did have an anime phase. I did draw kind of like anime-ish looking kids, and that's like kind of the the child style. But some people are actually really good at it here. So, but um,
0: I feel like a lot of kids that are growing up these days in, in animation and want to draw and stuff. I I feel like they all kind of go to that to the anime phase. Like it's no,
2: yeah, kind, kind of a gateway drug. Yeah, that's like that's it's a great thing that happens
0: is because it's like easy like (laughs) like
2: i mean i guess there's kind of an aesthetically appealing thing about it because it's got like big eyes and like small mouth type thing and i don't know it's weird yeah there are some animes that i have watched there's an anime called mob psycho some of the scenes are like hand-drawn and they're like so good um What's an, one punch man? That's an anime and um I've
1: heard, that. I've heard really good animation. things about that. Flawless. Ah, I so
2: it's so sm- it's like butter. It's so <laughs> smooth and every like there's this one scene where um the antagonist is um like about to punch the protagonist who's is, who's is really simply drawn. I think that's hilarious. It's really well animated, but the protagonist is literally like a circle with like like two dots for eyes it's hilarious
0: really? but
2: yeah and there's this one scene where he, it's like a slow motion punch and each frame is oh my god it's smoother than jazz <laughs> so good.
0: i mean i'm i'm like, i'm, I'm, I'm kind of sold on this truck I... yeah so
1: yeah i've looked it up it, it, i think it's streaming on hulu um right. i need to watch it um so good. just to give you just since we're talking about animation um Father Chuck has uh, become a subscriber to Crunchyroll. <laughs> of course you <laughs> have. Anime streaming service. Um, but I only did so to watch, um, and I got my wife into it, um, Usagi, um, Usagi Drop. Um, yeah. Or the, the manga was known as Bunny Drop. Um, but it's this very touching, like, 11-episode uh, series about a 30-year-old single man who adopts a 6-year-old girl. Oh, and and it, and it deals with parenthood and what it means, like the sacrifices one makes when being a parent and all of that. And being that my wife and I are still relatively new parents, it just it, it hits us right in the right in that special spot. It's, you know, like, I guess what, what the kids Fills? say in the in the feels. That's what they say. The feels yeah. in the feels.
2: Oh, my. Hits me right in the feels. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness by the way
1: i it just i it suddenly dawned on me you know we've thrown some shade at millennials on this podcast and this is our first millennial um guest
2: honestly thank god
0: <laughs> you gotta represent it. You gotta, throw
2: all shade at
0: me it's okay you gotta hold it down you know the last anime i saw i'm not i'm not a huge fan of anime um my cousin's who I'm very close to, they, they desperately try to get me into anime. They're huge anime fans. Since I was a child, they've been trying to get me into it. And the only one that really stuck with me is Akira, and I still kind of like it. I, mm. it. I actually caught it a few weeks ago, Chuck, on yeah. uh, one of the movie channels, and it's I, it's I still think it's really good.
1: Tetsuo!
0: <laughs> I just really like the story, and I think that's what sticks out to most of me. Um, but the last anime I saw uh, this year was Kiki's Delivery Service. Oh! <gasps>
2: Studio Gib—I can never pronounce Ghibli right, so I call it Studio Jiggles. So, (laughs) Hayao Miyazaki is my father. I—he could punch me in the face, and I would say thank you. I thought you you
1: were Chinese, Melyn. Well, it's
2: yeah. yeah, Well, you know what? You're my dad too, and you're a white man, so it doesn't matter. Okay. (laughs) Actually, my real my real life mom is white, so it's chill. Don't worry about it. But like, it's
0: so good. Yeah, I, I I thought it was pretty good. Um, I mean, it wasn't like I mean, my, my 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 situation still stands. I'm not a huge anime fan, but I thought it was good. I mean, I guess because Miyazaki's he's such a great filmmaker.
1: Yeah, that's and on my that's was... on my queue, my Netflix queue, because I've never seen any of the Studio Ghibli movies. So I'm um, looking oh, forward to it, and I really want to God. introduce Charlie to them. I think so what went... is
2: wrong with you? Okay, <laughs> literally, Kiki's Delivery Service is. It's pretty good I like I like um, the story is really cute and um but studio whew, litter, spirited away yeah I would eat my own just legs if <laughs> I could just like be on that team because oh my gosh it was so good and the uh, character designing of all like the monsters and mm-hmm. oh oh that whole movie was like hand drawn. Yeah. Like 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 Yeah, that's like, what I was
0: told.
2: Yeah, like hand drawn is in like paper. Like,
0: right. Right.
2: None of that did none of the digital stuff like y'all like animated <laughs> on paper. Oh, and that's I'm like, cool. "Oh my god." Yeah. I
0: also know. Also check uh Phil Hartman the voice of a cat. Right. Right, I knew so that. That, I, that was a big drive point for me. Yeah, I listened.
1: <laughs> I listened to the episode of the podcast known as The Canon um, that did an episode about about. Um, oh, that's right. They did do that, didn't they? About um, Kiki. Well, they did about Kiki's. Del- yeah, Kiki's delivery service. Yeah. Um, and it's it, it. Maylin, you if you if you if you ever time for like a long podcast, it's a really good podcast. Mm-hmm. The uh, The Canon yeah. episode about uh, Kiki's delivery service because part of what makes it really entertaining is that one of the co hosts of that podcast um he
0: hates anime and so (laughs) it's all coming back to me that that's how I ended up watching it because me and my cousin were listening to that episode and my cousin's freaking out about over Devin freaking out over (laughs) Kiki's delivery service like no you're watching this so that's how I ended up watching it yeah it's a good one it was I liked it Uh, and I'm I'm actually I'm, I'm I'm opening up a little bit And I I may check out more of Studio Ghibli stuff just because, like I said, Miyazaki, he seems to be a a true master of his craft. He is
2: not only a great animator, but an incredible storyteller. And, like, none of his... Another thing that I love about his films is that none of his films, like, the protagonists... um, Like, there's usually, like, a a girl and, like, a boy, but there's no, like, kind of romantic thing between them. It's kind of, like, a really strong friendship bond, which is really cool compared to, like, most other movies, which it's, like, boy meets girl, gonna marry and have a, everything.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. That's why I liked, uh, that's one of the aspects I like so much about uh, The Force Awakens, is that uh, they're able to just be friends and not, you know, Force right. relationship. Mm-hmm. Even though, even though Finn tries. <laughs> that's true. I mean, you know, you know, it's his first time, you know, uh, out of the Navy, and... <laughs> <laughs> for a split second he has he has a he has a moment of weakness he gets back <laughs> to it it's fine um is there anything that's like the that kind of particularly uh pay close attention to today in terms of like shows like you think people should be watching or stuff that you really um, follow kind of closely you know animated stuff and uh, we talk about studio ghibli and stuff you probably follow that um yeah. and, and laika well journey uh, Anything on TV? There's a
2: show called uh, Steven Universe. I don't personally watch it. Well, I do. I have seen it, you know, but I don't watch it religiously. But it's really it's really good. It's made by Rebecca Sugar, who was the songwriter for Adventure Time. Okay. And um, you get attached to the characters. And it's very um, inclusive because it's kind of implied LGBTQ. Really? Be, um yeah. There's these like gems, pearl, amethyst, and garnet, and they're like three moms, and then like a single dad, and then Steven, which is like the little kid. He's like a half gem, half human, and they have to like fight off these alien things. I don't know. It's it's cool, but um, mm-hmm. yeah. There's like um, there's a lot of LGBTQ, and um, the most of the strong leads are female characters which is really cool yeah um yeah and there's some
0: so she's like, like a cool the... sci-fi adventure kind of thing like superheroes yeah.
2: and it's like a lot of the characters are like implied gay and it's like yes <laughs> well,
0: that's cool um you mentioned earlier uh, gravity falls
2: I was a religious Gravity Falls follower.
0: I heard I, I heard all about
1: Gravity Falls every Wednesday in our youth group meetings. I have no oh idea what gosh. it is. I have no yeah. idea what it is.
0: I'm a oh, layman. Okay. You got to educate me.
2: I'm ready to go on a rant. This podcast is going to be eight hours. So, um, <laughs> so thirty
0: Falls, minutes
1: shorter than normal. That's funny.
2: Yeah. I mean. <laughs> um, Gravity Falls is. Um, they, it follows these two kids, Dipper and Mabel. Dipper's like the down to earth like everything needs to be organized kid and mabel is the flowers and jumping around that kind of person and they're like twins and so they get sent to gravity falls oregon because for the summer because their parents are like you should get off electronics so um they go there and then they meet their great uncle stan who's like this crazy whack job who owns this uh fake museum where he makes up stuff and charges people to come in and he's like yeah this is 100% real that kind of thing eventually so they're really bored because they're in the middle of the forest and they don't know what to do but then eventually Dipper finds this um book in the forest and it's like talking about all these like mythical creatures that exist like um in Gravity Falls and he's Mm -hmm. like what and he like they end up like meeting or having to face a lot of these like, creatures, like, there's, like, these killer gnomes, and there's, like, um...
0: Oh, I'm down for killer gnomes.
2: Yeah, there's... That's the first episode, actually, is the killer gnomes, and there's, like, mermen, and, um... Yes! Just, like, all these weird creatures that live in, um, like, this place, and the antagonist, Bill Cipher, is, like, this... Demon that like invades your mind and makes you go like insane, and it, it's real. It's really like creepy because he actually does like possess some of the characters and like make them do like really weird, gross things. And I'm like ah, but um, I highly, one hundred percent recommend it.
0: You said check that uh, you've been, you were filled in on this uh, on a weekly basis. And...
1: Yeah, I, I heard. <laughs> I heard lots of things about Gravity Falls, and it was funny because, as I recall, like Maylin really wanted to talk about Gravity Falls, and I don't think other people wanted to talk about gravity falls <laughs> and hey, but, yeah but a, I but was i will a, say I may, was may a
0: Lin, fan growing up i know exactly how you feel yeah well
1: here's the thing is every time Maylin that i see gravity falls like show up on like hulu and stuff i'm like i need to watch this and i always think of you because i'm <laughs> like and i seriously i was thinking like i was like Mailin was really into that show and it sounded like it was really cool and i really need to sit down and watch it and i, and I will you know probably tonight um sit down and watch that in like steven universe because I first in adventure time and all those things i've never really watched
0: and yeah i actually want to watch it i've never seen adventure time and i'm actually interested in that too
2: adventure time is really good they really like from the beginning of um the like production they've really like upped up everything it's very it's very deep and kind of like creepy now because it's like it kind of talks about like existence and like yeah. existentialism and stuff like that. And Oh my God, it's just, it's very, cool. it's it gets intense.
1: And that, that that's an interesting thing you're, you're touching. Cause this is kind of where where I, where I was going to ask a question a minute ago is, you know, animation storytelling is like going to a lot of places that conventional television isn't because anime, the, the medium allows for a lot of weirdness. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I know a show that I think you kind of like Maylin. if I've, if I followed, if I've seen stuff you've posted on social media before correctly, and I know that JP and I deeply love, and that is Rick and Morty.
2: Ah! Oh my! I completely for. Oh my! Okay, I forgot <laughs> that I could include adult shows on this. So, yeah. Um.
0: Absolutely. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh well, and you're
1: gosh. and you're also wearing a South Park shirt, which is I, 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 I mean, JP and I have <laughs> been.
2: I. Are you okay. At my religion. I have the hat. I. South my... Park's
1: her religion. Uh, maybe we should talk. <laughs>
2: Oh my, oh my God. Okay, so, okay, let's go back to Rick and Morty and then I'll I'll scream
1: about South Park. Well, um, yeah, well, I was going to say about Rick, Rick and Morty, well, the thing about Rick and Morty, because you talk about Adventure Time made me think of this and the way that, like, it's interesting that Adventure Time, which is more of a kid's show, seems like what you're saying is dealing with some of the same kind of topics that Rick and Morty are dealing with. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, and I think we've talked about this before in the podcast, JP. I mean, the thing that strikes me about Rick and Morty when I watch it, and I've been, re- I, re- I was rewatching. Re- re- a bit of the first season last night, in fact, is to the point where I can't watch Rick potion. Number nine after the one time you watched cause that episode wrecked me. <laughs> Wait, which
2: one was that one? That's
1: the one with the alternate universe where the, um, where the, they all turn into Cronenbergs.
0: Oh gosh, the Cronenbergs
1: oh, and okay, Rick and yeah. Morty abandon their universe for an alternate universe. Yeah. Like there's something about the fact that they are living in a different universe. Like, and I, I'm a big Star Trek fan and you know that happens on Star Trek sometimes, and, it, and it, it's, it's pretty heavy. But like the way Rick and Morty presents it, it was really—I mean, I remember you warned me, JP, before watching it. You're like, <laughs> "This thing will wreck you," and it really—it's heavy. And the thing about that yeah. show mm-hmm. that blows my mind is how I will laugh, like, just laugh my ass off at this show, <laughs> <laughs> and the next minute just be like really like ponderous or yeah. like. Or even somewhat sad. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing the way it can blend those emotions, but deal with these really big existential questions about identity and reality. And yeah, and, and you know that's you know health, all of that.
0: We've talked so much about how I'm a huge fan of Dan Harmon, and I listen to Harmon Town. I love community. That that's that all comes that that is all like his, Dan Harmon's thing. Right. Like he's just in a, a very emotionally vulnerable and honest person. Um, and it's like he just like he just just and, and he's not exactly the the creator of the show it's it's uh um uh oh, I'm blanking Roy Justin Royland but they're still kind of the same like Justin Royland is just as you know emotionally honest and vulnerable as, as Dan Harmon is which is I think why they work so well together but they just like let the let the floodgates go right and it's like they just it's all all, all it's all in their art you know yeah um so yeah, it's oh gosh, it's such a great show and I can't wait for it to come back.
1: So Maylin, sing um, your praises. I want to hear you sing your praises about Rick and Morty.
0: I I
2: was kind of against watching it because I don't know, I personally wasn't drawn to the style and it kind of like from what I saw from it, it was kind of like even though I'm really into the fart jokes, it was just kind of <laughs> it's it felt Seth MacFarlane and I was like, "Oh gosh." Yeah. But like yeah. I like, after watching, especially that, that the Rick Potion one, like, after, I think that, um, that episode is when people started to realize, like, oh my gosh, this is, this actually gets really deep, I binge-watched the whole thing, I think it was during final exams, but I couldn't, I couldn't stop, and it was, it's just, it's so sad, because it's like, like, everyone probably knows a Rick, like in yeah. their own personal lives. Oh yeah. And um, you could even be a Rick. <laughs> and <laughs> um,
0: yeah. you know,
2: like because when you first, when I first met Rick, and I'm like, oh god, it's this drunk guy. It's me. Just kidding. But um, <laughs> like, and then you kind of like the. I think the the there's like one episode where Bird Person is like when he says wobble up a dub dub, it means yeah. I'm in great pain. Help. Yeah. Me.
1: Which and is Dan Harmon like, by the way.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and I'm, that was
1: season like, one finale.
2: Yeah, and I'm like, ah, ah, because it's like he, and then there's that one, there's a one episode where he tries to, he tries to like kill himself. Cause yes, I was about realize to mention.
0: That's my that favorite he's... episode.
2: Oh my god, it's so, it's so real, you know. Even though it's like a fake universe with all the, actually, um, all the, all of Rick's catchphrases were supposed to be like a spoof on how a lot of characters have catchphrases so they just made up this dumb one but like the fact that they made it into something like kind of really sad is like oh yikes super layered zoinks yeah
1: and even aside from the emotional stuff just uh, the intellectual depth i mean just last night i watched the season two premiere i watched back to back the season finale season one finale season two premiere as season two Mm -hmm. premiere deals with um deals with um indecisiveness in a parallel timeline and like right it has this amazing segment where there's like there's like 90 something parallel timelines playing <laughs> yeah. out simultaneously on a screen and i remember when i watched that i'm like this is the smartest thing i've ever seen on television yeah and this cannot be done in any other format but animation and like mm-hmm. and that's like yeah, a, th- that's the kind of thing like i'm really into like i really love things that fully explore its medium and exploit its medium in such a way that like it really can't be adapted effectively any other way. It's one of the reasons why like I love Watchmen as a graphic novel because it so fully explores what it what a graphic novel can do and that right. the things that make it amazing you can't translate to another medium even though we tried and the movie is all right but it's just not the same um and so that's the thing like i just like i aside from like the emotional depth of rick and morty it's the intellectual stuff i mean it is like you know i'm i'm in no way shape or form a scientist um but i you know i I do you know sort of armchair read like you know stuff on like articles and 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 things on quantum physics and whatnot and so so to see like the kind of stuff they're dealing with in that show like the science like is insane like they're really like it's 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 like it's hard science fiction in a way and yet his his car
0: is is a u is a it's like an old ufo with like
1: a garbage can for an engine
0: <laughs>
2: yeah oh my gosh the, the episode about the miniverse
0: yeah oh. i was like
2: yo dang savage it's
0: like
2: he's like your whole existence powers my car and i'm like yikes like existential crisis
0: and then south park we can talk about south park Oh. Yeah, so you're a big <sighs> fan of South Park? I, I take it.
2: So Matt and Trey. I actually recently got into the Book of Mormon, which is um oh my gosh. I want to uh, see it so y'all bad. would love it.
0: I know, it's I need to see it.
2: So good. It's They're like making a it Broadway movie. Musical. What? they
0: are gonna make a movie, I think. Yeah.
2: What? No. What? Hold yeah. on. That's
0: what I've heard. Don't
2: I haven't heard don't anything me.
0: about it lately, but I I think I've read somewhere.
2: I'm literally crying right now. Are you being
0: real? <laughs> I think I, I mean I think yeah that's what I mean, I've I've read.
1: it's been like several months since I've heard anything about it, but there was the beginning Stop. stages of of it, yeah, of adapting it to a movie.
0: Um, oh my! Was Josh Gad the the one in that?
1: Yes,
2: Josh Gad yeah. is Elder Cunningham, and actually, I drew something Josh for him, Gad. and he retweeted it, and really? I screamed, "Yeah, you should have seen it. What, what did, what did you draw know. for him? I drew um just a a picture of him because I was drawing uh celebrities. On my Twitter, and I drew him, and I drew Roy O'Malley, who's also in the Book of Mormon, and he retweeted me too, and I was like, ah. So.
0: Awesome. <laughs>
2: oh my god! The best day of my life by far, including yeah, my birth. Like, so
1: sorry, so... hold on, hold on, real quick, JP. I'm I'm laughing on <laughs> as an aside. This is probably more of an inside joke than anything, but. Okay. Josh Gad, I just I, I just remember. So we went to go see um, Miami Connection um, um, Rift Tracks. Yeah, yeah, and if you remember before it started, they have the like the, the movie like trivia slides, and they had one that said <laughs> movie mistakes, and the answer was Josh Gad. <laughs> oh my god!
0: I <laughs> uh, that's like, why don't people like Josh Gad? I think he's I think he's pretty. Good. I
2: love Josh Gad with I my just, life.
0: I just love that joke. That's the <laughs> that's a good one. You can put anyone in there. You can put in anyone in there. Let's be, let's be real. Yeah, not Daniel Day-Lewis. You can't put Daniel Day-Lewis in there. Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. it's <laughs> um, great. So uh, you like South Park. Uh, it, um, how, how, what do you think about the the new direction they've been taking lately? Like, with their kind of more serialized episode to episode as opposed to, like, the kind of standalone stuff they've been doing for, like, 20 years?
2: Um, They said in the next season it's not going to be, like, a storyline anymore, yeah. I guess. I, I still like kind of older South Park better than what they've been coming out with recently. But recent, it's still like amazing. Yeah. Um They come out with each episode in like a week.
0: Oh, I know. So,
2: and it's like, and I think the fun <laughs> one of the funniest thing is that, um, so the week of the election, they had a a show. Uh, the episode was called "The Very First Gentleman." They mm. were so sure that Hillary Clinton was going to win that they made like, um, you know, they did the whole thing on how like Bill Clinton was the very first gentleman as opposed to the first lady. Right. And when Trump won, they had to change the entire thing. Like, of course, they still kept some scenes because it was a storyline. So they did have like specific scenes, but they had to, they really had to work on um, the fact that Mr. Garrison, who is kind of playing Trump, has to be um, the president. So they had to do that in, like, two days. And I think, because um, the video game was supposed to drop it, um, early this year, and but they delayed it. And I think the reason is because, like, Trump became president and there's, like, you know, video game, like, coding takes a lot longer than when they make the show. So I think they have to redo a bunch of, like, stuff in the video game to make it so Garrison's the president type thing. So...
0: I don't know why I feel like it would have been more punk rock of them if they didn't change it. <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> yeah. Uh I I deeply I, love there they would have in the old days.
1: I deeply love that show. I, I do too. And I think fitting so for our good. podcast is I will forever love the episode where Cartman starts a Christian rock band. <laughs> That's <laughs> Christian a classic rock
2: hard. Yes. They go double Christian rock hard. It is so good.
1: It is such an accurate send up of evangelical Christianity. And the and the Christian recording industry and that joke the joke in it where it's like we just take like generic love songs and just switch out Jesus for other keywords <laughs> is so yes. stinking accurate and oh, oh.
0: My God. I, I love they when they go double myrrh <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a that's, oh, that's such a good
0: episode It's a good one
2: I think um one of my favorite episodes. Actually, because I was into South Park when I was, like, in middle school, around, like, 6th grade. Yeah, yeah. Um, Me too,
1: when it was was, season one.
2: Yeah, and then I kind of dropped it for a while. And then, like, recently, like, last year, I uh, picked it up again because of the episode Tweaking Craig. um, Because if you're familiar with that, they took, they used (laughs) fan art from uh, people, (laughs) uh, like, fans who made, like, these uh these two characters Tweek and craig who have interacted like twice into um a kind of ship and so it was basically so they found like the 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 images and then like because somebody was like have you seen these and then they're like no what the hell so um they made an episode based on their own reactions so like how each uh character would react they're like what what because like (laughs) they're so confused yeah and um event i'm Uh, They actually made Tweak and Craig, like, canon. They're, like, actual boyfriends now. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's honestly legendary and should be in history books. That's so good.
1: And and the thing is what's great about it, it's it's such a sweet episode. Mm -hmm. Like, it's very sweet. And it did introduce me um, to Peter Gabriel's Book of Love, which is a phenomenal song. Um, Yes. And I downloaded that song after watching that episode. I was like, this is amazing. This song's incredible. <laughs> yes. I just had to oh find it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh. They
2: they were trying to make fun of um, – on YouTube, there are these things called AMVs where people yeah. just take fan art from uh, – and just, like, play them oh, with, know. like, a song. Yeah. So that's what they were kind of making fun of because, the, like, the Book of Love and um, Say Something is something that a lot of people use in AMVs. So it's, I, it's hilarious. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah.
0: My uh, my cousins who are diehard anime fans. I think I've seen about twenty or hundred AMV Hell videos. Yep. That I did not ask to watch.
2: <laughs> <laughs> who who does
0: honestly? <laughs> I'm like, uh, I've seen these. This is a few minutes. No, it was like an hour of this. What?
1: Maylin, you you use the word, you use the phrase shipping.
0: For our um, non millennial listeners, what is that? Yeah, we have, well, I would say most of our listeners have no idea what you're talking about when you say shipping. Chuck and I do, uh, but <gasps> ah, to just describe to our audience that the, the concept of shipping.
2: Um, well, it's like when you take two characters or two people, like um, actually, like father, I ship like father, father Chuck and Keelan. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just gonna say it. Um, so it's when you take two people and you like really think they'd be good as a couple. Uh-huh. Um, or characters. So, like, I think that Keelan and Father Charles would make the cutest couple in the world. And you're, um, you're not
0: alone, rayland People have been saying for years.
2: Thank God. You know what? I'm. I honestly, I'm gonna make fan art of Keelan and Father Charles. Oh no! Just
0: kidding. Probably, I won't
2: do that. Oh but, please, um, please. <laughs>
1: That could go on the Instagram. <laughs> um,
2: yeah. Keelan would probably be like, who is this girl and what does she want? Yeah. It's kind of, it's, uh, it's like relationship shipping type thing. Yeah. So like, wasn't there like Brad and Angelina, like Brangelina or something?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The portmanteau of that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I don't. Yeah.
1: Now, so. does it, does it have its roots? I mean, it kind of has its roots in slash fiction, right? Yeah. <sighs> It's, it's, it's a much more innocent version of Slash Fiction.
2: though. Why you
1: gotta do this to me?
0: Because <laughs> uh, it's funny. Um, you know, it's funny. Actually, I, I'm I'm a little bit aware of that. Because this is kind of around when we were in high school, Chuck. Because when I was I was a big fan of Buffy. And there was, uh, there was Buffy Slash Fiction. And there was, there was definitely Buffy shipping. There was Bangel, which is when people shipped Buffy and Angel. And Spuffy, which was when people shipping Spike and Buffy. So I'm I'm a little familiar with this. I, I was for the round during the, the proto days, the, uh, yeah. uh, the the pre-punk days.
1: Well, the original, the original slash fiction concept comes from the original Star Trek television show. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Where people, were, there were, there was a whole underground fan thing among about putting Spock and Kirk together.
0: It's like the further back you go, the weirder it gets.
1: Yeah, it all kind of starts. Honestly, it kind of all starts with Star Trek. Uh, Slash fiction starts with Star Trek. The Mary Sue starts with Star Trek. It's very fan fiction starts with Star Trek. Is there like a quantum quantum (laughs) slash? I'm sure there is. JP, (laughs) look, we won't even get into Rule Thirty Four. (laughs) Okay.
2: You need to stop with this. (laughs) I'm ready to leave.
0: So, but so shipping is just like oh, you want these two characters to be together. Like, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. And Chuck, you said there was a controversy recently with Steam Universe. I, I I have, I did hear about that. I don't remember the specifics.
1: There was, a, I mean, I don't know how big of a controversy it was, but there were, there were fans who were making a big push that two characters should, that, that people had shipped should be canonically in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And then there was some pushback from others saying, why don't you let the creators tell the story they want to tell? And that... Said a little back and forth over, you know, over some of that because that was also around the same time that people were also demanding that Marvel make it canon that Bucky and Captain America be a couple. Oh, cute. And <laughs> so that turned into this whole thing about this. I, I just remember there was there was a bit of a, a back and forth in over the in on on certain seg- the certain segments of Twitter that deal with these things. Yeah. Okay. I did hear
0: some some bullying was involved. There was, yeah, bullying. They were
1: bullying the creator of Steven Universe. That's right.
2: Yeah. Steven Universe is a really good show. They tell a really good story, and they include, like, you know, um, even though the gems are um, aliens, like, they do, like, a lot of people have headcanons that they are, you know, people of color as well. Um, And a lot of the voice actors are people of color, which is awesome. That's great. But the fandom is absolute garbage, like <laughs> the people who enjoy like like this like you can't it's it stinks because some people are like kind of drawn away from the show because of the fandom because it's it's a good Sounds show. Like dc comics it's
0: <laughs> <hate> it's
2: <laughs> like i'm on tumblr a lot so like a lot of people like yeah they bullied um there because i think because the show is very um like uh with now with the times, you know, very LGBTQ yeah. and stuff, a lot of people are very um, specific. Like, some people... Yeah, some people bullied one of the creators on Twitter and made her delete her account because they were just Not. being assholes. And it it's makes no sense because the show is a fun thing for the creators to make. And right. it's, like, it's cool if the fans, like... I don't know. I It's just... Oh my god, you yeah, so obnoxious. Th- there's
0: there's definitely sometimes I think fan ownership goes a little too far. It's it's nice to have an interaction, but we've we've mentioned many times in this podcast about uh, you know toxic toxic fandom. Uh so um uh, did you did you go to the march, Malin? I did. Yeah? I went
2: to the DC march uh, a couple days in, ago.
0: DC, in ground zero.
2: Yeah. We waited like three hours to get on the train to go to this march and we That's waited nice. it was very kind of unorganized well not unorganized i i think just the reason. yeah it was re- like so many more people like arrived than um and we were standing around for like hours in the same space and like um but i i thought it was it was pretty cool to see um so many people come out for um this reason and so many marches around the world of um, people just supporting, like, women and, um, you know, I, I kind of wish there was more um, intersectionalism, like, with yeah. feminism. I didn't see many, um, like, trans things about it. There's, like, a controversy between, like, uh, the pussy hats thing and, like, a lot of things were about vaginas, but um, trans women, you know, don't have vaginas, and right. not everyone who has a vagina is a woman. But it's also like, Trump specifically called out um, people with vaginas, so yeah. I don't know. There's that kind of line that I'm kind of blurred on. I don't, I don't really
0: know. But. Yeah, it's it's. I guess, uh, you know, there there. I feel like there are so many causes sort of bunched into that one march, mm-hmm. where even though there was like a specific idea as to why we're marching, it just kind of like 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 most demonstrations these days, a mm-hmm. bunch of things kind of came out of it. You know
1: well and i think it also raises some interesting some interesting issues too i know new york times did a piece on sort of the 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 feeling that like that there were there were pro-life feminists who went right who were participating in the march and the way that they sort of felt that oh well you know planned parenthood or other other organization were the major sponsors of it and so there's this question that the new york times asked is you know in terms of intersectionality um between different understanding, you know, is fem- does 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 being a feminist necessarily mean you have to be, a liberal, and you know, and and, and that's the issue too. I mean, you know, the the, the the controversy around this thing, you know, people saying that this was this left leaning, you know, pu- you know, thing, and it's like, well, no, this is for women's issues. Women's issues shouldn't be a
0: partisan issue. Mm-hmm. Precisely, just like civil rights. Yeah. yeah. Or the environment. Martin Luther King said, "Yeah, Martin Luther King said that, that uh, you know their movement was was above bipartisan politics, and that they were. Um, I mean, I don't know quotes, but he did mention like how they were serving a higher kingdom, right? In their okay. protesting,
1: right? And so I think like you know I think Melvin, you're right in the fact that there there needed to be more more stuff around you know you know trans issues, LGBTQ issues, things like that in it. Mm-hmm. And, but I think this this massive movement was a very important start." for raising yeah. these things. And like you said, JP, I mean, there are these multiple threads funneling into it. Um, but, you know, this is where I can, this is where as a, as a, as a priest, you know, I look at this stuff and I think of in the Episcopal church in our baptismal covenant, we have a thing called, uh, we have a line where it says, you know, we, we vow at our baptism to respect the dignity of every human being and, mm-hmm. or every human person, or I the the language a little bit wrong here, but that, the idea that like watching you know this this sort of public reminder this is basically what that is is just like there's dignity here right and yeah. that's really what this is all about it's just about being decent to you know 52% of the world population right you know
2: i i also like if i can just add on um sure going to a liberal arts school where a lot of people are Democrats. After the election I know a lot of them were um, well, us yeah we were very angry and because of course like our rights have like are being taken away like being a person of color and a woman and LGBTQ like my rights are being kind of taken away from me you know and mm. some people are here fear for their lives especially in Baltimore um, and, uh, yeah. some of us didn't go to class and stuff, but I think what's important to remember is that, like, I don't know, I, cause they were saying, like, anyone who voted for third party, you're a terrible human being, or if you voted for Trump, you're, you should die, that kind of thing, and it's like, okay, like, I'm angry, like, my rights are being taken away, I, it's, pr- I'm probably don't have it as bad as, like, you know, a black person, but, I think, like, now isn't the time to kind of divide each other. Like, I think most Trump supporters, I think maybe they're just, like, ignorant. Not in, like, a bad way. They just don't really understand. And when people, you know, don't understand, like, you know, all this LGBTQ things and the Black Lives Matter, they kind of stay away from it and they don't like it because they just don't realize, you know, the importance
0: And oh, they're, they're mostly being fed lies about them too. So it's like Exactly.
2: Maybe, yeah. yeah. So it's I don't think it's necessarily like the Trump supporters' fault and you definitely shouldn't go around like I don't know. I everyone is a human being, you know? And it's like if you're talking shit about a Trump supporter and somebody next to you is like a Trump supporter and then they're having a bad day, you just made their day like, you know, a lot that a lot more worse. And it's like, maybe, like, you know, even if um, a gay person, a gay white person, you know, voted for Trump, like, like, what do you like? I don't know. It's just which
0: we know. We know uh, Milo did. He's a gay white guy and he's (laughs) a super Trump supporter. Uh
1: (laughs) I mean, I know. I mean, I, I know. I know at least one one white gay man who voted for Trump. Yeah. And, exactly and in his but in his mind he felt that but at the, at the same time he feels like i voted for him it's my job now also to hold him accountable for what he's doing mm-hmm. yeah. you know um you know that you can still criticize someone even though you supported him, which that's another healthy thing that i think we forget mm-hmm. right um but that's cool. I'm, I'm very. I'm, I'm glad you went, Maylin. I, I was a little yeah, jealous. That's... I was a little jealous of all the people I knew who were able to go because I went to Obama's inauguration in 2008 or 2009 when I was in seminary yeah. in in northern. I didn't Virginia. know that. Yeah, you didn't know that.
0: I heard there weren't that many people there. <laughs> <Shut up. laughs>
1: listening to May, listening to Maylin talk about uh, talking about how long it took to get on the train. That was like your description of that is like twice as long as what it took to get to the, to Obama's inauguration. In, wow. in 2009 mm. and there were i mean it was unbelievable how many people were at the, the inauguration in 09 mm-hmm. i mean you know i was on the ground I mean, you know i was on the ground for that and i mean obama was like an atom compared to where i was standing because i was almost mm-hmm. by the i was almost next to the washington monument um mm. and it was just a sea of people and then it was just like getting out of the city was a nightmare so
2: it so crowded like like they you know all the streets like we couldn't march there were so many people so because the organizers uh said that we weren't gonna march because there were so many people and we were like uh no screw that so we started like marching on our own people just started directing and it was it was i don't know it was really good like teamwork between humanity yeah you know that's
0: it's so crazy i mean i've i've seen i've seen the pictures um of all the crowds in different cities and stuff, especially in Washington D.C., and I've mm-hmm. heard like newscasters and and and, and uh, camera people and stuff said like there there is no photo, like tons of photos have been taken, but there is no photo that that completely captures how big these crowds are.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Because people have to use like people have had to use like maps and stuff um, just to kind of illustrate incredible. how big they are. So so the experience overall was 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 very positive then, right?
2: Yeah. It was it was positive and it was cool to see you know all these uh, people come out to support like you know the rights of women. I wish there were more people of color, but I did hear some people who were like, um, "Why are we saying Black Lives Matter this is a women's march?" And I'm like, "Okay, but mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah." And I don't know. I just
1: Black Lives includes Black women's
0: lives, so
2: exactly. Yeah, I think a lot of people forget that. And there were some white women who were holding up signs from like this one song that Beyonce came out with that was targeted specifically for black women, mm-hmm. and I don't know. It just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. It's just like I don't know. I think a lot of uh, feminism is based around like white feminism, and right. it's I don't know. It just it's just kind of frustrates me a little bit. But yeah, yeah. But overall, I, I, I it was imagine. lit. Yeah.
1: That's good. You were talking about, you know, alluding to being a little more positive in mm-hmm. in this stuff. You know that it's not, you know, rather than tear each other down, rather than criticize one another, that we should try to be doing things that are more, you, you know, that we're together in. And I don't know, just in thinking about all the stuff we've talked about, you know, and sort of the lead up to this conversation, we were talking about the way that there's been different kinds of representation in animation. That animation is paving really amazing ground that you don't see in, you know, traditional live action. Television or even movies, you know. I mean, geez, mm-hmm. movies. Movies have gotten, you know. There's been such a, uh, there's been so much conver- conversation past year, especially in the lack of diversity in, you know, like the Oscars and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. But like, so, so animation is is doing some is doing some really important work that we're not mm-hmm. seeing in other places, and it just I don't know in, in just in the current climate of things, and, and just sort of, you know, as a Christian. I'm more interested, especially as a Christian priest. I'm much more interested in building up than tearing down. And just a thought that's occurred to me just the past couple of days, even, you know, um, is the idea that that perhaps one of the most rebellious things that we can do is make beautiful things. Mm-hmm. That right. This kind of I thought about this the other night because I was seeing stuff on you know you know alternative facts and that all that stuff that that made it on the news. And so my reaction was to dig through my 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 music collection and find some old punk rock to listen to, and and I was just <laughs> I've like, been doing the same thing, Chuck. yeah, man. I just needed, I just needed something aggressive, and but then the thought was like, man, tearing down is so much easier than building something, and mm-hmm. you know when you make something beautiful, people tend to not denigrate that. I, I grew up kind of in the hood outside of Orlando, and there was this wall that was on the side of the road on Hiawassee Road that um, when I was growing up as a kid, every time we drive past it, I remember my mom would want me to avert my eyes because it was covered in graffiti, and a lot of it was like swear words. And a lot, a lot, of, a lot, of, a lot of F-bombs graffitied on this wall. And I remember someone came by, someone from the community came by, and they painted a mural on it with some fish, And it was like one was going against the flow and it's like go against the flow. And it was just this sort of inspirational, you know, very nineties looking um, piece of wall art. And I remember just being struck that no one graffitied on it after that. Like, you Mm. know, I think maybe one person did and then they fixed it and it was like, there was like sort of a community outcry about it, but nobody graffitied on it after that. And I just, you know, that, that sense of building something that has beauty to it, it lasts it makes a testament it speaks and it's less likely for you know people will rally around someone who desecrates something beautiful and so you know it you know with this desire i guess i guess it's just for me like i know that the easy the, the path of, the path of least resistance for someone like me would be to try to like be angry and break something right but the work of building something or making something beautiful in response as a counter narrative to what we're hearing from the people in power right now. That to me is a really rich idea.
0: Um, It's almost as if you're saying that um, we should live in the world though. The way it ought to be lived in, and to show what it can be.
1: Oh my gosh, Davey! Really, (laughs) Maylin? He's
0: quoting Buffy at me.
2: I have no idea what Buffy is. Buffy the Vampire Slayer.
1: Oh my gosh! Don't. Oh okay. Oh
2: okay, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I don't. I've never watched it, but I do know of it. My goodness. Yo, Uh, I am not into. I literally live in a hole.
0: Listen, listen. Buffy is your grandma. Just saying right now. Oh. (laughs) So you got to watch Buffy. I, oh, well. I say that I say that because a lot of the a lot of the great shows today, Buffy paved the way for it. I mean,
1: Joss Whedon wouldn't be making Avengers if it weren't for Buffy. That's very true. So see, see, Maylin, this is this is a great part about having like we're, here we are the two like kind of Gen X guys <laughs> talking with a millennial. Are you a <laughs> millennial? Are you like post millennial? I don't know anymore. Um, I oh.
2: don't know honestly. I I feel like I am kind of.
0: Well, what year were you born?
2: 1998.
0: You're at like the tail end. Yeah, millennial ends at about 2000. So I've actually been, um, since the election, I've actually been reading a lot about uh, civil rights lately. Mm -hmm. And and especially I've been following uh, Congressman John Lewis, who was uh, heavily involved. Yeah, here He he marched with with Martin Luther King in Selma, uh, and uh, cops beat the crap out of him then. And today he's a congressman, and he's doing uh, wonderful work. Uh, but he 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 said something recently, and I think I want to give context. This it was it was it was a protest, but I don't remember which protest it was. Um, something recently um, before the inauguration. Uh, actually, I think it might have been when Donald Trump was elected, and that there were um, some mass protests and riots breaking out. Uh, but he said. Um, I would say to the young people, the young protesters, and those not so young, accept a way of peace, believe in the way of love, believe in the philosophy and the discipline of nonviolence, never become bitter, never become angry, and do whatever you can to speak truth to power, and be hopeful, be optimistic. The struggle is not a struggle that lasts one day or a few weeks or a few years. It is a struggle of a lifetime. And uh, I say all that to say that I I totally agree with all of that. And yet I'm I'm still very pleased uh, watching Richard Spencer get punched a couple of times. Good. Uh, twice now.
1: I was going to say preach. Um, I, yes.
0: I don't know how my pacifi- I, don't know. I don't
1: know how my pacifist heart feels about watching Richard Spencer get punched. But this the, 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 the sin nature in me loves it.
0: <laughs> yeah. that's, that's I mean. Like just a couple of weeks ago, I was like, John Lewis, yes, we just need to be peaceful nonviolence that nazi got punched yes
1: hell yeah <laughs> hey man um, it's like it's like it's like Inglorious bastards you know it's like my, my my feeling on that movie is that that was quentin tarantino trolling all of us you know because the 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 slime movies in the middle of the movie where there's a propaganda film and that propaganda film exposes that we are no different than the nazis we just paid a bunch of money to watch
0: to watch yeah, a bunch of nazis all-
1: get killed because
0: and we let Eli Roth direct us, so um, <laughs> we're an Eli Roth movie uh, because that propaganda movie was directed by Eli Roth.
1: Yeah, I, I know that. I get that. Um, yeah, cool. the, the less the less said about that, the better. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. I, I and the thing is, it's so redemptive. You know, yeah. if I can, if I can, if I can put on the collar for a minute, um, it's you know, I think of that idea of. You know, it's that common phrase we hear. You, you, you and I both grew up with JP. Be in the world, but not of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which I guess you could also paraphrase to talk about living the world as it should be, rather than the way that it is. <laughs> yeah,
0: to show what it can be. Yeah. To show what it can be. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and I and and I don't know. I think that's and just getting back to just the topic of animation. I think that's part of why animation is so resonant in this particular time and moment with some of this stuff is because it's allowed to be absurd, but through its absurdity, it can show truth. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like what Tolkien did with,
0: with fantasy. Yeah, is,
1: yeah you know, by, it was fantasy, but it really,
0: really is more real than some like biographies. Are you working on anything right now? Any projects and stuff that you want to?
2: Um, well, I, Ugh. I have so much homework is what I have. But um <laughs> do you have a webcomic? I'm not gonna do it. Uh, I I just got uh, my animation class uh,
1: cool.
2: this semester because last semester was a bunch of classes that I didn't wanna take because Micah stinks. But um yeah, it's 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 chill. I'm uh, I had to animate a bouncing ball traditionally.
1: Mm-hmm. And oh, neat.
2: yeah. It's it's <laughs> My teacher is very adamant about traditional animation, yeah. even though like zero companies use traditional animation anymore. It, I mean, it's good to learn, but she wants us uh, later in the year to animate dialogue traditionally. Oh wow! Really? Like, uh, I don't. That's pretty know. cool.
0: <laughs> I you, you, even... you know what? That, that sounds really cool. to me. that's like like I went to film school, and we had to use mostly digital because I came in right when everything was going digital. Mm-hmm. And if we ever got our hands on a film camera, that was like, A, a big pain, but also like woo, shooting on film, like actual film. So, I yeah, I, I get the frustration, but also I think that's cool, like, t- to do it traditionally. At least you could say you've done it before and you have experience.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Not to be the lame adult or anything, but whatever. No, I, I feel. <laughs> I
2: mean, I've done a traditional before. At least I've tried it. And I'm yeah. like, ah, I'm really bad but um you hopefully should, this year I'll get yeah, be
0: better. You should uh look up um Mike Judge, who you know did Beavis and Butthead and King of the Hill. Um he does an interview with Mark Maron. and he talks about how he made the first episode of Beavis and Butthead by himself. Mm. Like animated the whole thing by himself oh. and sent it to MTV and stuff. It's it's incredible, it's amazing. He did it all in his garage. That's mm. crazy. Yeah.
2: The first episode of or the pilot of South Park. Well, actually no. Uh, they started with a uh, uh, a short in college uh, mm-hmm. called I think it was Jesus versus Frosty. It,
1: Jesus versus yeah. Santa.
2: It was Jesus versus Frosty. That was oh, okay. their college oh, film. that's right. That's right. Yeah. And then um somebody saw it and they're like, "Oh my god, I want you to make a Christmas card for me." So they made Jesus versus Santa or the Spirit of Christmas. And, um, it got around cause this famous person like commissioned them to make it. And, um,
1: George Clooney was it? Oh, was it? Yeah. I, didn't, oh, know I didn't know
2: that. Well, they, yeah. And, but the thing is they didn't like sign it or put any credits cause it was like a stupid like holiday thing, but it went, it was kind of one of the first like viral videos and people like loved it and people would show them and they'd be like, we made that. And they're yeah. like, really? So, um, yeah. I, and then I, they submitted the pilot.
0: i was actually one of the original people to watch that video
2: were you actually
0: yeah i was visiting friends in florida and i had a friend that lived on the island in palm beach and his mom or his grandmother was a was an executive producer for some tv station or something a network producer and um she gave the video to her to my friend and my friend's like dude my grandmother gave me this video. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. You have to come and watch it now. I'm like, oh, what's it called? It's like, it's called Spirit of Christmas. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. Uh, I was like 14 when I saw this. He just sat me down. He puts a video in. And I am like dying laughing. Like keeling over on the floor. Sides hurting. Crying laughing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then I like I had no idea what this whole thing was. Like it just this, uh, this guy's grandma gave him this video. Like, but that fall, that was in the summer. The following fall, my mom approaches me and says, there's going to be a cartoon called South Park. You're not allowed to watch it. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so immediately. <laughs> so immediately oh I go check out what the South Park, what the South Park show is like, oh my gosh, it's Spirit of Christmas.
2: That's so awesome. What the heck? Yeah. I, know, I wasn't sometimes you just win the lottery. <laughs> oh
0: gosh, yeah. It's old.
2: That's so cool. Honestly...
1: You were born oh wait, no, you weren't born. That's right. South Park started in ninety eight,
0: I think, the year you were born. Yep. That was that was and somewhere next step when I saw that. The
2: movie came out in two thousand.
0: Yeah. Seventeen years ago. <laughs> oh Lord. Yikes. Well, uh, I think that's a good place to end, don't you think, Chuck? I agree. Uh, I have one more I have one little anecdote anecdote though. So I, I came in to my aunt my, my recording office. You know, it's my cousin's My cousin's office. And there's there are six Revenge of the Sith action figures on this desk. And I just want to show you, like, they're all mint condition. I told you um, not to
1: touch, JP. You shouldn't touch things. Last time you touched, you, like, almost
0: ruined his Pokemon cards. <laughs> yeah. Um, I got this Yoda here. And they all have, like, little special features on the side, right? Uh-huh. So if you look here, it's it's like the, the, the clamshell, right? And there's Yoda, and it says... Spinning attack. That's mm-hmm. Yoda because he has a spinning attack. Right. And then we have, um, then we have, oh, here's one. Uh, Mace Windu. All right. Okay. And he's got Force Combat. Um, I'm not really sure. He has like a little electricity stuff. I guess he attached to in because he gets zapped. Zap. <laughs> uh, uh, looks Obi Wan's got, 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 Slashing attack for Obi-Wan. And this one's my favorite. Are you ready? I'm ready. Maylan, you ready? I've got, I'm ready. I've got Senator Bail Organa here. <laughs> Jimmy Smits. And it just says, Republic Senator. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's a special move. Uh, Republic Senator.
1: He can, he can pass some legislation. Like nobody's <laughs> business.
0: He can veto that bill. I've been waiting this entire episode to talk about that. <laughs> oh my gosh,
1: that's funny. I'm going to
2: be real. I've actually never seen like all the Star Wars movies.
0: Why did you have her on, Chuck? <laughs>
2: Honestly, yeah. Why did you have me on, Chuck?
0: <laughs> well, Maylin, thank you so much for joining us. This was awesome.
2: No problem.
0: We, uh, we had a great time. It was a, it was a great episode. Yeah. Really appreciate you coming on. Was lit. Yeah. Totally, to- totally lit, fam.
2: It was uh, lit, fam. Uh, <laughs> on fleek. Uh,
0: One hundred feet. Oh my gosh, uh, I'm I'm not old. I'm not old. Yes, yes, you No, I'm not old. <laughs> I was, like, I, God, shot. I'm. Ooh, here comes the existential crisis. Here we go. All <laughs> right, all on board the existential train. Here it comes. <laughs> Again, thank you so much for joining us, uh, Father Chuck. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, as nice always. And thank you for, to our audience for listening. Uh, please continue to like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on iTunes, follow us on Instagram, which, uh, father Chuck is having a lot of fun running. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I really like the, uh, uh St. Felicia patron uh, saint of farewells. <laughs> that was great. so good. So good. Uh, yeah. So follow us on Instagram. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll include a link because I forget what all, what all of our, our usernames and screen names are or whatever. So I'll include that in the article. Um, so join us next week. Um, I already have a, a, a topic for us next week. Chuck. Would you like to hear it? Yes, I would like to hear it. If you were to be a DJ at a purity ball, <laughs> what would be on your playlist?
1: all the songs from girl Christian. you'll be a woman soon <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh yes yes
2: unfollowed
0: fa-fa. <laughs> you heard it from fafa <laughs> but think about it <laughs> we'll Lots. come back next week and talk about it. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us have a wonderful week and good journey good journey
2: Lay it, lay it down, let me see your hand Show me what you got You're always talking, but you're not playing It doesn't match your face Gotta find my way, away from this place Can you take me now? I, I want it, I want it real Are you afraid of Are you afraid of me now?